Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. I'm your co-host, Brandon Ware, here with my lovely partner, Dr. Jess. Hey, hey. We have a special guest with us today. His name is Mikey Singer. He is a brand new daddy. Sounds kind of weird when you say it like that. But not in a kinky sense, in a literal sense. He had a baby. He's a brand new dad. He's a good friend of Brandon's. Let's not give Mikey too much. I'm going to start giving him a hard time. Let's not give Mikey too much credit here. His partner had a baby. Well, he was a part of it. He deposited his sperm. Oh, I, I did a lot of it. <laughs> Are you saying you were on top? Oh, I was on top, behind, wherever she needed me to be. <laughs> Is and he... then I was support, you know, I supreme support role. Hang on, are we talking about during the making of the baby or the delivery of the baby? All senses of even even now caring for the baby. Like a husband's role is support staff. That's that's what we do. We support staff in the sex, we support staff <laughs> in the pregnancy, and we support staff in the like actual raising of the child. I okay, I don't like the support staff in the raising of the child, but we'll get to that. But I really like the support staff during the sex. Really? You look at me as a support staff yeah. during coitus? I can I can lean on you. I can bend on you. I can angle my hips on you. I like it. It's interesting when we talk about this because during the sex, it's very much about let, let me get what works for me. That's why I'm saying we're the support staff. It's true. You're like, oh, oh, just, just a little bit, to, just move a bit to the left. Oh, just a little. Oh, that's perfect. That's no, perfect. no, Keep no. going a little harder. Oh. Yeah, no, perfect. Are you still here? That's me. And, I'm like, oh, oh, you're still here. And then to Mikey's point, now that I've got mine, go down and rub my feet. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, I am a supreme foot tickler, but that's part of the support staff. Like when your wife is pregnant and those feet are very swollen, your job is to massage the hell out of them. Mm. Maybe I'll get pregnant just for the foot rubs. Now, Mikey and I go way back. I said he's Brandon's friend, but he started as my friend. And Brandon does this. He walks in. He's as charming, funny, more likable than myself. And then they become they become friends. But that's okay. My worlds are colliding. Mikey used to be the co-owner of the Everything to Do with Sex show, which was a trade show uh, on the eastern side of Canada, a huge show with 25,000 to 35,000 attendees over the course of a weekend. We learned a lot together. I'm pretty sure I've spanked him. We've done things in the dungeon together. We've done things on stage together. You bullied me in my hotel room. I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, Jess would never let me go to sleep because, you know, what you'd work for in three days, you'd work 72 hours. And Jess would be like, oh, you got to go to bed? No, I'm sorry. I'm going to order room service to your room. And he would hide on your bed. He would hide the mini bar key from me. We didn't share a room, but Mikey's room was the party room after this 12-hour day trade show. So we, we go way back in that respect. And I wanted to talk to Mikey, not because he was involved with the Everything to Do with Sex show, although I do think that gives him a unique perspective on sex and relationships, but also because I continue to hear from new moms with concerns about their sex life. So I received this message. It says, hey, Jess, my husband and I just had a new baby, and I would love to hear a podcast or get some advice on keeping the intimacy alive during the six-week recovery time and also about what to expect when I'm cleared to have sex again. 
And I wanted to talk to Mikey, not only because you come from the everything to do with sex show background, but because you're a new dad and I get so many messages from mothers worried about sex after they have babies and even as their kids get older. So I received this message from a listener who says, hey Jess, my husband and I just had a new baby. I'd love to hear a podcast or get some advice on keeping the intimacy alive during the six week recovery time. And also I want to know what to expect when I'm cleared to have sex again. So this person has been told they can't have sex for six weeks, and I know that that obviously varies for for new moms. Uh, Between breastfeeding, the saggy tummy, and being stretched out, I don't feel sexy right now. But I still want to satisfy my husband's need for sexual connection. And this message resonates with me because I receive so many messages like this, and the focus is so often on the husband. I was chatting with my girlfriend Mel last night and Mel and I both don't have kids, but we have many friends with kids and she was saying that she was with all her mommy friends and they were saying that sex is becoming such an issue because they have no libido and they're too exhausted and their husbands are getting frustrated and they don't know what to do to kind of either stave off their husbands or satisfy their husbands. And the focus seems to be so heavily on the husband. So I don't know, Mikey, if this is your experience. Is it all about you? No, it's definitely not. As we said, I am the supportive role. <laughs> so it is 100% not about me. And um, you, you've, you've listed two scenarios there. One where you've just had a kid um, and there's a physical healing that needs to happen. And also your baby sleeps in your, your room. Like a lot of us sleep with uh, a baby beside you in the bassinet for the first four months. Uh, I remember the first time we did it and looked over uh she was like two two and a half months and like you just see your baby like (gasps) people can't see my face but it's like making the o face like what is going on over there (laughs) so that sort of rattles you a little bit but um uh one of the ways that you you get back into it is just by helping each other out uh you feel a lot of love and intimacy when you're a team when you're raising your kid um and, and that comes to the second scenario where you're like how can the you know these women are losing their libido because they're so exhausted they're so run down well husbands step the shit up like if your wife is exhausted from being a mom boss uh raising the kids like organizing the household and you're like oh i just got my job and i just got i come home i'm exhausted no you gotta take you want to make your wife like into you take the kids out for a day like don't ask her what you need or like how you're supposed to do anything just make a plan take them out give her a day of rest like you don't have to plan anything like a spa or it just give her a day of rest and then make an intimate dinner for yourselves and then your wife will want to have sex with you because she'll be very appreciative and you're actually starting the relationship up and start worrying about just the sex and start worrying about the total relationship Oh, I like I like a lot of what you said there. First of all, don't ask what can I do? Because earlier you had said, oh, we're support staff. And I know you're joking. But if one person is in charge, that is a huge amount of emotional labor, right? If somebody says, oh, how can I help? That is not as helpful as being a team player, as being a partner in the whole process. So I really appreciate that. And then secondly, to focus on the relationship first, because I think a lot of new parents stop investing in the relationship. They stop investing in themselves at all because it's all about this little human being that you want to support. And, and and you're right because all of a sudden you went from being two individuals to now being two individuals taking care of this life that requires so much. So like you, you talked about it, breastfeeding, like 
that is a whole ordeal onto itself that you don't realize. And I, as a dude, I'm like, ah, I slap the baby on the tit. Baby eats the milk. Everything's good. <laughs> I didn't know about milk production or latching or like pancaking or any of the other stuff that come along with it. Hang on. What's pancaking? That's when you have to like squeeze the nipple. So it comes and like, so the baby can latch on easier. And if your baby's not latching and not eating, it becomes like a very big process because the baby's crying all the time and screaming and you're stressed and it's a, it's a whole ordeal. So again, being supportive and being a supportive husband in that, and, and, and that could be just washing the bottles from the breast pump and helping out in any way you possibly can will help in the long run. Cause like that, that stops the relationship from splitting into this is my role, this is your role, and being negative, sorry, not holding uh, grudges. Right, and, and building resentment. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, you, Mikey, I'm always there for you. <laughs> yeah. You say I'm your bully, but I'm always there for you. So true. I, I really wish that we could, a suggestion would be to start videotaping these podcasts because the visual that I just got from Mikey as he showed me what it means to pancake was spectacular. Oh, yeah. I really, you, I liked that. Thank you for people that. People don't know that I'm doing all the actions as we're doing it. I'm like making a baby on my breast that doesn't <laughs> exist yes so you probably should take videos or pictures did you go and take the initiative to learn about what your partner was going through so that you could be more understanding and empathetic like as a guy who doesn't have children if i was going to have a child i think i would probably like i don't know what to do like you said i don't know how to support but what did you do to to, to provide that support, support like to learn, to, to learn about it, constantly talk to her about what she needs and what she's, you know, what she's feeling, you know, if it's a warm towel, like she needs to do that, like massage her breast to help produce milk and she needs to get her that warm towel. Like, you know, she needs it. You don't, she doesn't have to ask you to warm up the towel. You just continually bring the warm towel, like be there, be present, be aware, uh, just like you would in the work environment. And then be there to help out, being assertive. And what about Google? Uh, you know, because oftentimes there's this, oh, what can I do for you? Or how do I better understand you? Do you not think that it's it's helpful to go and read about these processes so that it's not on your partner to educate you? It is and it isn't. So here's the problem. If you go ahead and read something and you're reading something different, because there's a ton of information out there, yeah. and you read something different from your partner and it comes to like baby rearing and you're like well <laughs> i read on google that you have to do it this way Listen, and you should be doing this you're gonna get a quick punch me. in the face or a swift <laughs> kick to the nuts is what you're gonna get <laughs> but i mean in terms of for example like what your body is going through and what people experience i think that it's one thing to experience something that's either exhausting or traumatic or draining and it's another thing to have to try and educate somebody else on what you're going through i do find that like in terms of when i talk about emotional labor i'll say to Brandon, you know what? I can't always be the one to show you this. Go find the good resources for yourself. And I and I will. I, I'm guilty of doing that. Where we'll be in an argument, and I'll say, "What can I do for you?" What I should be doing is I should just be thinking on my own. Okay, I know what you need based on communication and discussions we've had in the past. Just do it. Yeah. Like, don't ask. Make an effort before um, before you tell me what you need because it's not on you to tell me. Okay, what about this focus on, I'm not in the mood for sex, but my partner is, and 
how do I satisfy his need? Can we get away from that? Can we tell new moms in, in particular and new parents to be more selfish and focus on yourself? Can you maybe just worry about what you need at this time? First of all, a six week recovery time is not a big deal. Like you, six weeks, no. there are lots of other ways to physically connect with your partner, to intimately connect with your partner. And the problem is so many of us have reduced our intimacy to sex to the point that we in fact use those words interchangeably when they're not. Because if you can kiss, you can hug, you can snuggle, you can touch, you can compliment, you can play, you can also, if you really want to get your rocks off, go do it yourself. Yeah. Like, was masturbation a big part of the two and a half month process for you before you had sex again? <laughs> masturbation is always a big part of the process for me, so like it doesn't change. Hang on, yet. is that why you were late this morning? I know, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> But that is amazing. I got all nervous before seeing you two. I had to get it now. The, the, you had something... to whip off some knuckle children before you came over. <laughs> I love that. There's something in your knuckle hair. Knuckle children is so good. I have no hair. My head is shaped. <laughs> <laughs> Just a big white blot across my head. No, but when it comes to that, yeah, like uh, you, you said it. Um, intimacy is different than sex. Um, being intimate with your partner, helping your partner bathe, um, you know, helping them take care of each other, cuddling, laying together, sleeping together, like that's really, really important. Don't separate because your wife has to take care of the kid and you got to go to work. Listen, they got to take care of the kid all day. It doesn't matter that they're not sleeping and you're not sleeping. You both have a job to do, you know, like there's no, I've got to, I got to work. So you have to wake up. You're in it together. Um, that makes a big difference again. Like, I, and I'm really pushing this togetherness and, and working as a team. Um, and if the husband really needs to like, you're, you're blocked up, you have a phone. It's the internet age. Porn is very prevalent and very free. Hang on. How do you get free porn? Oh, you go on. Uh, I'm not plugging any websites, but yeah, it's way better than when I was a kid when I would have to like leave 30 different porn movies downloading when I was at, at school and then come home and be like, oh my God, I got the newest Girls Gone Wild. Hang on. You had the internet when you were in school? How old are you? You're like 50. I'm 40. That's oh. so mean. I'm the only one in my 30s here. Really? Yeah. I, I'm just thinking about you actually downloaded porn when you were a kid because I had to go and like find movies. You oh. know, somebody's, I remember a friend's dad had this like insane stash that we found and it was like, it, it was incredible. Well, to be clear, I didn't have to look. My dad had his porn magazines out next to the toilet in the washroom <laughs> like most people's families had like life and stuff like that no 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 my dad's got like playboy hustler swank right there hang on <laughs> that actually explains a lot it does now you know why i chose my career path and i want to just remind people that of course we're talking in a very hetero context here so for example you know the woman staying home is not always the case i have another friend um and here in canada we have parental leave and he opted to i'm just talking about for home. recovery yeah absolutely you know because what? there's we a physical need we, yes yeah. we i didn't birth the child which is a quite a traumatic process i watched it all which was also traumatic i saw the hair first 
I only threw up three times, oh and the God. last time she's like, if you throw up one more time, you're out of this. Hang on. So I picture Lara. Lara is, is Mikey's wife rubbing your shoulders That's while she's I'm giving picturing. birth. Oh, she was, she was a trooper. And it's you? It's okay, Mike. I was not a trooper. It's okay, Mikey. Just breathe. Do your practice breathing. Come on. You've got this. She's a superstar. Like, it's amazing that this thing popped out of her, and then she's got to take care of it, walk... So at one point, we stayed in the hospital for two days, and at one point, I slept in her bed, and the nurse <laughs> caught me sleeping in the bed. I thought they were going to kill me. Laura was cleaning up around the hospital room. She was holding room. Joey. She was holding Joey, trying to rock her back to sleep. Like, you're in... You don't know. Like, you get a kid. You take driving lessons, but when you have a kid, there's no, like, lessons. How, like, how old is Joey? Here. She's 10 months now. And I still haven't come to meet her. No, you're the worst, yes. actually. <laughs> Mikey has invited me to his house, but it's uptown, man. I, I only... feel like you've bo- met both my dogs, but like refused to meet my child. Oh, did you get a d- new dog? I can come over. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> I can dog sit, absolutely. Like Jess and Brandon got me the best present ever when I had a dog. They got me uh, Pabo to like, so I could see the dog when I'm away. So the Pabo... But when I have a baby, they're like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> there, were no, there were no gifts for the baby. And I want to just uh, explain what the Pabo is. It's this little egg-shaped device that is a camera. So you can watch your dog while you're out. But wait, wait, wait. That's not all, folks. If you press a certain button, it makes a little tweet sound to alert your dog. And then you can display a treat and watch your doggy on your phone using the app take the treat there's nothing that cool for kids oh, i took pictures and videos it's awesome <laughs> it's really funny do you ever <laughs> consider using the pabo for joey i have obviously <laughs> and like there's certain treats that would work really well with it <laughs> <laughs> like a little dried mango treat like if the bambas came she actually like bambas are her favorite what's that it's like some israeli peanut butter uh, type candy. Okay. That's why no one is anaphylactic in Israel. Oh. Like I, I am totally. That is. That's that's not data, folks. That that's just Mikey's pontificating. <laughs> so, yeah. Just to be clear, so when people Google that, they're like, he's a liar. <laughs> there are no bees in Germany. Yeah. Just. <laughs> okay. So have you ever thought about putting a treat in the dispenser of the pabo? Yeah. Leaving the room, leaving your dog and your baby, Joey, releasing a treat and seeing who got the treat oh, first, videotaping it, putting it on Lord YouTube, of the making millions of dollars of this YouTube video. They're enemies, though. Like, they're full on. Like, Joey and Lady don't oh. see eye to eye on stuff. Oh, this is the dog and the baby. Yeah, this is the dog. Lady is the, is the dog. I almost said the baby. <laughs> 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 and Joey's the baby. Yeah, they're not they're not friends because they both want the know, treats from the Pabo. Yeah, they both want all the treats. Although now they're starting to see eye to eye with the food. Okay. But yeah, and to get back to the sex, like once your wife is ready for it and sure her body will let her know, just be there to do it slowly but surely. And and there are so many different ways to have sex. You don't have to have penetrative sex. So even within this six-week recovery time that this person's talking about, you can get off using toys, using your hands, using your partner's face, ride that face. There are all these different things that not everybody can do. Different people have different, obviously, recovery stuff. Maybe you've had a you have stitches or maybe you're, you know, you're sore in the area or you're feeling inflamed. First of all, there's no pressure to have sex. Man, I am the sexologist telling people 
Don't worry about how often you're having it. Do things that feel good for you. How can we get new parents, and I think new mothers in particular, because these are the people sending in the questions, to take the pressure off themselves and be more selfish? Well, first of all, sleep train your kid. Take back your night. Sleep train your kid, take back your night, and then you'll start having sex again. Because if you're going in to like keep your baby like five, six times a night, like how can you ever have sex? Right, absolutely. How can you have that intimacy or like any kind of time alone? That's the other thing. Like we have a totally different life from 6.30 on. It's okay. parent time from 6.30 to 9.30. Okay. Because 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock is bedtime. God, babies go to bed late. What do you mean? What time do you think they go to bed? I thought they, hang on, they go to bed at 9.30 or 6.30? No, we go to bed at 9.30. You go to bed at 9.30? Yeah, that's what happens. When your new day starts at 6, like you're And you still couldn't get here for 9 a.m. today? I am so embarrassed. I was a full hour late. I should apologize. (laughs) Thank God this isn't a scheduled program because I'd be apologizing to all your listeners. But I just have to apologize to you three. You know what? When he told me he was running late and, and forgot to come and he was on his way, I said no problem at all but i am going to blast you put you on blast on the podcast <laughs> oh i i did it myself i jumped again because i and the problem is i totally for it wasn't just that i was running late because that would be excusable i completely forgot till i looked down and saw a text from jess saying mikey and i'm like oh my god and lara laughed at me the entire way at the house so i've only met mikey's wife lara once and i still like her better than him Oh, yeah. It was the way, same way. Like, we met Brandon, and we're like, oh, my God, Brandon is a way better person. <laughs> also, you hadn't even met Brandon, and you loved Brandon. Yes, I feel like this did. is just a boxing match right now. We're, we're, we're exchanging blows. To go back to that six-week recovery period, did, like, were there any challenges that you had? Like, did you find it difficult? Like, some of these people that are asking questions about satisfying their partner, like, was there any like did you feel deprived or no. anything? We were fucking we were you're in go time. That's the war time. Six weeks, like I didn't even think about sex. You're exhausted. You're like waking up every three hours with this kid trying to figure out what's going on. My last worry, and this is what it should be for most men, was about sex. Like you're figuring it out, you're being supportive, you're working together, and there is no more intimacy when you're in a team together, caring for another human life that's in the same bedroom as you. The the thing that always surprises me is Jess travels so much for work. And there have been instances where you've been gone for two, three weeks at a time. And I know people will ask me, how do you, how do you do it? How do you take care of yourself while you're away? Well, I use my right away? hand and, and I, some organic AstroGlide yeah, lube. But... But I'm I'm thinking in this context, because we don't have children and you're gone for weeks, I just take care of business and it's not that big of a deal. So I would assume that this pressure that some of these people or some of these women are uh, feeling is not fabricated, but maybe it's a bigger deal or maybe the partners in their lives are making them feel a certain way. I think way. it can be personal too. Yeah. It, it, it's not necessarily the partner. They're just overthinking it and like... But some partners are putting pressure on. Like we've had guys even say to us, like, "Oh, how do you how do you manage it? Well, you're gone for a whole week. I'm like, you can't go without sex with a partner for a week. Some people just feel so much pressure to be having the sex all the time. Uh, those and they're not. Like we know that those guys who are complaining, how do you go the whole week without sex? You live life. Like what do you mean? Yeah. It happens all the time. Yeah. 
Uh, you and jerk it's performative. Off. And, and also, like, come on, guys. Like, you get a week off of doing nothing, like, and the guys get to jerk off. They're like, oh, it's amazing. I'm 16 again. It's just me and my redhead. Well, or was, left, depending on, you know. I was asking Brandon, you know, what is the difference between masturbating and sex with a partner for you? Are you, are you asking me right now? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I mean, masturbating for me is, sorry, it's maintenance. Like it, it is. It's um. It's you, just you sad. like candles. Oh yeah, you know it's like rose petals, a bath, uh, some incense. It's changed. No. Do you find like there's different? There's different. Like sometimes it's stress relief. Sometimes it's uh, like hyping yourself up. Uh, sometimes it's totally sexual, where it's like, oh, I'm gonna get a real long session in here. I'm gonna pull up 15 different videos. <laughs> I'm gonna go through a whole different uh, series of, of scenes, and I'm gonna really enjoy myself. I'm Take not that time. guy. Uh, I'm not saying I'm that guy every time, but sometimes you are. are you? Yeah. yeah, you're, oh, yeah. You're sometimes a man. I get romantic, turn on the music, you know, yeah, it's good. I get a little background little, going. Little. Those are times when you have the whole house to yourself. <laughs> See, we don't. Brandon's never had the whole I don't, house. We don't have that here because my dad lives here. Jess's dad lives in the house, that's and, and that's okay. But I'm, I'm. If you were to go back to that question, for me, masturbation is is oftentimes just about a release, like yeah. it is. And and I go through periods of time, like I'll go, I'll have weeks where I'm not particularly focused on having sex or even masturbating. Yeah. I'm not saying I don't enjoy it, but I have so much so many other things going on that I just, it's not a focal point. I need to make it a focal point. I need to go back to your point about investing the time and the effort into creating that environment where I want to have sex. That's on me. But if not, I've had periods where I've been very stressed and it's been, you know, a week or two weeks and I'm just not really interested. Um, but I think it's, it's ultimately on me to go back and create that environment. Well, to take it back to the the question that so many of these women are asking, you know, first and foremost, how do you maintain intimacy? Well, you look, you you make time to connect in other ways, right? So whether that's a foot rub or maybe that's just holding one another or maybe it's snuggling or spooning at night, but you do need to make sure that intimacy physically is maintained even if you're not having a specific type of sex. And then next, the thing is, Sometimes I think a lot of us don't want to have sex because it's production. Brandon, you referred to to masturbation in your case as more maintenance, like something you do for either stress relief or to get yourself hyped up or to fall asleep or just to kind of get your rocks off. And sometimes I think that we make it out as though sex with a partner always has to be this big, long marathon. Everybody gets everything they need. But I think that when when you have a young child or just when you're busy, and Brendan and I, we run into this because of my my travel schedule, sometimes it's just quick and dirty. Sometimes it's not... It's not a 10. It's like something that feels good. You feel relaxed after. You feel connected. You both get what it is you were looking for. But it doesn't have to be what you see in porn and it doesn't have to be what you read about in the books it's just a a quick easy almost like masturbating together and then the next thing is because i'm hearing from so many women who find they don't they're not interested in sex either because they're exhausted and mikey hit the nail on the head and the reality is we know that unpaid labor and particularly domestic labor and child rearing continues to be unevenly distributed so much so that women tend to bear a greater burden so we need to make sure that people are stepping up to the plate but the second part is is the sex satisfying 
Like, is the sex really good? Because sometimes guys will complain to me, oh, my wife, she's never in the mood. And I'm like, okay, it could be a lifestyle factor. It could have to do with her. It could also have to do with the sex you're having. If I know the sex is going to be good and I'm going to get what I want, I'm going to be more inclined toward it. So also, you know, if your partner's not in the mood, look in the mirror and, and figure out, are you giving them what they want? Have you ever talked to them about whether the sex is satisfying. Have you ever asked them, what do you get out of sex? What do you want to get out of it? How can I make it better? How do you want to feel? Have you discussed your core erotic feeling or your elevated erotic feeling? And you can go back to the old podcasts and listen, the core erotic feeling being the feeling you need to experience in order to get in the mood for sex, your elevated erotic feeling being that unique feeling that takes sex to the next level for you and it's gonna be different from person to person. You can go to the blog and read more about the core erotic feeling as well. And then the last thing is if your partner is not in the mood and you're in the mood, go enjoy masturbating. Maybe, as Mikey said, don't always make it about maintenance. Make it about good sex. You invest time in partnered sex life. You try and do sex lives. You try and do things that are new and novel and exciting. Try that with masturbation. Maybe masturbation won't be a stand-in or a fill-in when you can't get sex. It'll be a part of your your real sex life. The other day, we, I came on to Jess, and I'm, I'm guilty of not being as romantic and probably taking initiative throughout the day. Me, it, it, I'm like a light switch, right? It's like on or off. But I know that that's not the case with Jess. So I need I, to be wined and dined. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> I, I, I flipped the switch the other day and it didn't work. We ended up lying down and having a conversation and have, communicating about what did and didn't work about what I was doing. And at the end of it, I, we did have sex and I'll tell you, it was, it was awesome. It was very, very good. I mean, speak for yourself. No, just kidding. <laughs> I am speaking for myself. It was but, good for me too. But Meanwhile, was, Jess is getting like all intimate and like pissing <laughs> up on him. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sniffing him right now. I like the way he smells. But it was more about the idea that uh, we started, we tried, it didn't work. We had a commu- we communicated, we talked, we relaxed, and then it came about naturally but it was about investing that time and the effort and for me getting a better understanding of what did and didn't work so i would imagine having a a new child Mm -hmm. and all these changes that are going on that the communication is probably even more would it be more important now than it was right before you had the it it doesn't change it just continues um any relationship revolves around communication like you said um it's work it's work and time investment and, and putting an investment in the relationship um, by having these communications and having these conversations. Um, it comes a little bit harder because there's more distraction. You know, it's not just work. It's not just money. It's now a child. So you come home, you're on duty with the kid, and you just have to remember that once this kid goes to bed or, or you're separate and you're together, that you've got to focus on each other. And so, not just talk about your kid. Oh, we don't. Like, we, we talk about our lives, you know, and we, we cuddle and, you know, caress each other and make time for dates. And, and a date doesn't have to be out of the house. A date can be just a, a romantic movie on the couch, you know, and uh, we, we crack a bottle of wine and um, and that's enough for us. Be honest, light a fire. you have a beer. I have no beer. I have a Coca-Cola. You know me. <laughs> 
a Coca-Cola and something uh, else. Uh, yeah, I don't even know if I could, I guess of it's course. legal now. I have yeah. a Coke and a giant joint and my wife has a glass of wine or some cocktail and like that for us is a great night. Right. I, I like that because I think, again, there is so much pressure that date night needs to be something exceptional. Sex needs to be something exceptional. And all of these experiences, if they feel good for you, don't have to be mind-blowing every single time. It's like a meal. Sometimes you're going to have this seven-course meal, especially you because your partner, Lara, is a cook. Josh is the best. Yeah. and But sometimes you're just going to grab a slice of pizza, and that slice of pizza can be really good too. So I think that we need to stop making such a big deal out of sex. I would really like to drive home the message to new mothers or to any parent who is feeling the pressure to stop worrying about their partner and be a little bit more selfish. You know, for example, I tell new moms all the time when they're cleared for sex, I said, the first time you have sex, don't even involve the penis. Say to your partner, like, you know, I just carried this baby for 10 months, birthed it out my vagina, now it's sucking on my titties. Just go down on me now. Just go down on me. Let your partner go down on you. Take turns. It doesn't always have to be this one specific act, but but I, I've had a, no, a number of new moms who are so happy when I say, oh, no, 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 you don't even have sex in the intercourse sense. You lie back, you tell them to get down between your legs, you hold on to the back of their head like it's a joystick, you take what you want, and then you fall asleep. And the guys go, mm-mm, good. <laughs> mm-mm, good, that's my favorite move. Whenever people, I'm talking about going down on a, a vulva, I tell people, you gotta make noise, man, don't be quiet, don't hold your breath, and I make the whole audience go, mm, do it. Mm. And then I go, now go, mm, mm. <laughs> Mm, mm. and now mm, mm, good <laughs> this is just getting weird the best is i hear 350 people in the audience doing this which is the best like it's weird with me and brandon doing it it's even weirder with 350 strangers doing it. and i won't say which one was hotter <laughs> mikey thank you so much for joining us you and i are going to be hanging together in september in toronto at a really cool event called mom fest so this is run by local toronto moms who like to have a good time they like to eat and drink you're involved in the programming tell us a little bit about it so mom fest is a super bowl for moms it's put on by the women behind moms to which is basically a bunch of moms who are saying look you're a regular person you can have a good time you can drink uh, you can eat, you can be about you sometimes like this is and, and again, this is about the moms. Um, and I see this because I see my wife, I want to take care of her, I want to give her great things. So there's all these different activations, you're going to be talking about how to get uh, their sex lives uh, going again. Uh, you can get a massage, you can get your hair did, all of this included in your ticket. And then we're doing an awards gala in the evening. Okay, cool. And I'm going to be there with WeVibe. So hopefully there are going to be some vibrating prizes. And people can find out more online at? Uh, www.mumfest.ca. Uh, tickets are on sale now. And I cannot wait to see you at the WeVibe booth. And they're... <laughs> Can you just do it again? <laughs> I cannot wait to see you at the Wevi booth doing the essential oils with them and uh, and giving away some great information. And we will definitely be giving away some Wevibe soon. What what's your favorite Wevibe toy? Oh, the Wevibe Nova. I oh. like it. Powerful, strong, comfortable. Good hand-holding, you know, <laughs> nice charging. The Nova is sort of like a rabbit vibrator, but it's an upgraded version. 
where the outside arm vibrates against the external clitoris and the inside arm vibrates these rumbly sensations very shallow in the vaginal canal against the g-spot it's a pretty cool toy and have you tried the vector yet the vector is their new prostate toy no but we're we're getting a whole bunch sent over for Mumfest, so i'm excited to see what uh what they include in our goodie box uh those are for the mums not for your bum what the, the toys they're sending over <laughs> Those are for the mums, not for your bums. First yeah. of all, mums also have bums. But yes, but I'm just saying it's not for your personal bottom. <laughs> hey, we'll decide once I get it. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, babe, for helping out again. I wanted to say a big thank you to Desire Resorts for your ongoing support of this podcast. Desire Resorts, they have multiple clothing optional adults only couples locations on the Mayan Riviera. And Brandon and I will be cruising with them in just a few weeks in Europe, south of France, Italy, Spain, and more. So check them out on all social media at Desire Experience. Wherever you're at, have a wonderful week. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back next Friday with a new episode, as always.